0: The Cutaway Podcast, everybody. I've just made Lucinda laugh. That's made my day a fantastic. This is part three of our conversation with Kim Jackson. Are you ready, Luce, or are you still gonna keep laughing at part the part three? Oh my <laughs> word. I am so ready. I was born ready for this. You were born ready for this, so let's oh, do it. Let's get into part three of our chat with the actor, entrepreneur, business lady, producer, writer, person that is Kim Jackson. So you've got uh, you've got your Secret Actors Society. Do you have to be an
1: actor to be part of your Secret Actors Society?
2: That's a good question because when Jess joined, I thought she was just a producer. I was <laughs> <laughs> so like, oh, you're an actor too. That explains why uh, you booked a coaching session.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't
2: think it was quite that, but it, I think because
0: we've got the film sessions. That's hilarious. Yeah,
2: no. No, it's, it's, look, and that's the beauty of the, of the fact that, you know, it, it's, it's a community as well as a mastermind group. So I would say I answer like 90% of the questions in the, in the regular zooms and everything, but, um, to at least 10% of the time I'm deferring to other people. Another 10% of the time people will volunteer answers where one person's asked a question the other person. And so much of it ends up being more, not, not generic, but more stuff. That's got a broader appeal where it really is just, um, you know how should i approach this thing and mm-hmm. it, from a strategic point of view business strategy is applicable to you know just about anyone who's trying to accomplish something now look the video library is super specific to actors it's mm-hmm. um it, and that's where the the monthly membership in, you know originated where it was oh we'll just do this monthly membership and then i realized that it's you know people were really wanting a community and somewhere where they could see faces and connect and this is what's so fun about it is like every zoom is aligned so that england australia and los angeles can all join and new zealand and so like the zoom today we had someone in vancouver someone in la someone in um uh someone in new zealand and a a couple of Aussies on the call and Mm. um and same with two days ago when we had another one it was people in England and and all over the joint so it's really amazing just knowing that like I get so like I love them so much Andrew's like why don't you just do one zoom and I'm like because I just love it like I love it so much because I feel inspired because I hear for instance one woman got onto the zoom the other day and she's you know she's just getting back into acting she's in like her I would say late 50s or something and and she's like, lives in some, I can't remember, but some remote market where there's not that much work around. I, f- I feel like it's like Portland or something like that where, you know, there's a, like a limited amount of work. It's I don't think it is Portland, but it's something like that. And she's mm. just like, you know, so, you know, she starts by saying, so I get, a, you know, I get plenty of auditions because every month I email every casting director in the area. Oh, no, she's in New York, actually. She's like, I, I email 30 casting directors every single month and give them an update on what I've been doing. So I get auditions directly through that, but I'm not getting that many auditions from my agent. And I'm like, why don't we all just do that, man? <laughs> <laughs> why don't go like, Whoa. <laughs> I never, it never occurred to me that you could just send a, an update that's unintrusive and unoffensive yeah. every month. And look, I probably wouldn't say do it every month, maybe every three months, but. You know, I've talked to people about sending mailing lists, do it every quarter. You know, I've never done one, but I've seen it work for actors. Um, And, but I've, you know, in the past, it's always been like, don't harass the casting directors, but realistically, what does it hurt if they're getting an email from you every couple of months or every month or whatever, just saying, Hey, you know, I've just, and she's like, I just, I'm like, what do you say? And she's like, I just tell them like what my class, what I'm doing in class. (laughs) And if I've done an audition, she's like, I only do two or three sentences. I know they're busy. I'm like,
1: yes. Yes,
2: they
1: are that's great- <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on the receiving end of some of those they're actually quite good i i really actually quite yeah. like getting them because and they're just from individual actors like i've got one that comes to me every every month i think he sends one mm. and um it's really great because for me who forgets everything that's not in front of me um, wow. You know, unfortunately that also means actors. Yeah. You can't, you know, it's great to have this email that just pops up all of a sudden in your email.
0: Which is yeah. why I started a podcast with you so you'd never forget me and you'd eventually yeah. cast me in something. <laughs> <It's
1: strategy. laughs> Excellent. So all you have to do,
0: any listeners that are actors, just start <laughs> your own podcast and start yes. it with a producer or that just, you just really want to work with. Or just send me an email every month. That's fine too. I mean. <laughs> I'm happy to be on anybody's I mean, it's mailing list. Certainly less work to send an email <laughs> yeah. and start a podcast. I feel with quite privileged, you, want to work you know. I feel like, oh, <laughs> the this is nice.
1: I get never <laughs> updating everybody about I mean, and it gets, you know, obviously it's done through a, a, a sort of software a system, yeah. a system like yeah. M- uh, MailChimp or whatever. Mm but so it it's still it doesn't matter because it's kind of like ah oh, oh that's really cool like i'm i f- actually feel like i'm getting like this little glimpse into th- this person's life and seeing what they're doing and yeah i like it i think it's great and i think more i wish more actors I wish more actors would put me on their mailing list. I really <laughs> do. Awesome. I think it's great. You know,
2: you know? it's funny. I, I used to do it when I first moved to Hollywood when, you remember, you could click everyone when you sent an email.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I would send it before spam came in. And so I would just <laughs> click everyone, I would send an email every two or three months and i just click everyone and I didn't think anyone, you know, of note. I, you know, how do I remember who I've got in my mailing contacts? And so... Anyway, I remember this really big director came up to me and, like, we were just chatting or whatever, and and I'm like, oh, we met four or five years ago. Do you remember me? Like, my name's Kim. And he's like, oh, yeah, I get your emails. He's like, how are you going with blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, see Oh, no way. I was like, ah, oh, awesome. but then of course I stopped doing it. And then um, uh, imagine if I'd done that my whole career. And so <laughs> <laughs> I always think about these things like, imagine if I'd done that my whole career. I'd be so <laughs> famous <for> now. <laughs> Is that the next series of
1: books coming up? <laughs>
2: 100%.
1: 100%.
2: But like, even the, you know, there was an actor that I was coaching and um, and he would, would send these emails every three months. And I used mm. to be like, Oh, it's funny. Like it really did put me top of my him top of mind with me. I'm like, yeah. well, I don't cast anything that's of no use to you. <laughs> However, like that's awesome. Just being on that list, I think it's I think it's really incredible. So. It
1: is because even like if you know we're having a conversation and, and I say, oh, well, I'm looking for somebody, and you can be like, oh, well, I've got this guy who who looks just like that, or you know, can do that sort of an accent or whatever. It's just word of mouth as well. You just never know. Totally. You know, and that's what I always tell actors because I, I do have a lot of people approach me about going to LA and, and the industry. Mm. and you Oh, know. God, just send them to my book. Those yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start doing that people?
2: now. <laughs> I'm always like, read my book and then Come we'll back. talk. Yeah. And, and once you've read it, because then they're going to get a better experience out of the conversation yeah. mm-hmm. because they've got all the bullshit fundamentals out of the way. And, again, they can get to the deeper questions. Yeah. And so they can be more cerebral rather than
0: just content informational. It's like yeah. when you see um, in, in certain Facebook groups where people are like, I think my son wants to become an actor. Where do we, What? how do we start? Yeah. And you're just like, yeah. oh, Jesus. Okay. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Well yeah, how if you guys you ever
2: talk to someone and they're really like underprivileged or really strapped, yeah. just tell me who they are and give them my my info and and I like I, I will always send out a free book to someone if they're like in one of those remote areas where they don't have any resources or they live mm. on a farm or or their parents don't support them and they're whatever. <laughs> you have a farm?
1: Yeah. I have <laughs> sheep and everything.
2: <laughs> what? Yeah. what? sheep i've got nine I mean, I don't nine sheep. sheep i have got 9 9 sheep i want to live on a farm where other people take care of the actually sheep.
1: that's kind of where i grew up half on the farm wow. half in the city where and, are you uh at the moment now we're out in a place called ross creek which is like um
2: i've heard of that but i know
1: where it is yeah it's like two hours away from um melbourne oh
2: okay cool so wow. but
1: but when i was uh, growing up as a kid i lived in melbourne i grew up in melbourne but my aunt had 400 acres and cattle and wow. sheep and, and uh, we used to go out riding horses and stuff like that. So I grew up best of both worlds really. Good. But you know, as a result, like me growing up as a, as a kid in that day and age, um, I don't know whether you remember it or not, but they had this thing called the Academy of television and they had all these different bits and pieces. I would, I would have loved to have gone to NIDA, but it was in Sydney and it felt so far away, mm. but it, you know, just coming back to what we were talking about before, is just the lack of information and help. Yeah. Yeah. I literally, um, I kind of kicked myself about it now because I did plays when I was younger, when I was like 16, 17 years old, I was doing plays and trying to sort of get into acting and all this sort of stuff. And I literally had two agents who wanted to sign me up after this play, but I was 17 and nobody really to advise me on whether or not they were good agents or what I should Mm. do. So I kind of went, Oh, well, you know, I'm sure that'll happen again.
0: No, I, I, I tell you what, though, like, like you bring up such an important point to kind of go back to something you said earlier, Kim, you know, at least with Secret Actor Society, you know, you've, you've deliberately, I mean, you're going to be changing your prices very soon, but your <laughs> prices are like, but, but in all honesty, your prices much. are far more, no, 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 no. so we can like no. not. Fucking- yeah, just so. Like, so, so you're not hemorrhaging yeah you, that's, <laughs> yeah but like but I, but i think about you know the secret actor society when you look in the grand scheme of everything that actors invest in when it comes to the different casting websites their headshots everything like that i look at secret actor society and i go this is a bloody bargain all this information we know it's a bargain but that's what we want to do we want to underprice and over deliver but but that's but that's the thing though right because if you look at other you know uh, other other courses and places that you could go to to learn that information i think about those underprivileged and underrepresented people who come from you know a a background that isn't full of privilege and i think to myself how are they even supposed to start off on the right foot oh yeah they they can't afford a three thousand dollar a year course yeah
1: that's, no, not that's at, wild. Wild. It's not a, at it's all. It's wild. Not at all. It's an interesting um, thing because I've come across this challenge myself. I mean, personally, you know, I you know don't have very you know flush finances, but. Uh, in setting up an a uh... You're a producer. <laughs> oh, no. Right? Okay, exactly. I'm out, like, so
2: whenever I'm out like to dinner or lunch with producers, I'm always like, it's it's fine. I've got I've got this. I, I know you people don't have any money. It's I great. know, right? <laughs> You've Everybody got all thinks... the status, but <laughs> none of the money. None of the money. <laughs> Everybody thinks we're rich. Oh, yeah. Everybody thinks it's we're rich It's such rolling a funny thing. I'm like It's always I'm always saying actors, offer to, if you want to be a producer, just offer to take them to lunch. lunch.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: like, yeah me <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. You win them. You win them at their hearts straight away. <laughs> really easy. It's so true. Like I am. Well, because
2: <laughs> you give us all of your points. Like my agents, you know, sitting there in LA negotiating on stuff. Like, oh no, no, no. If she's going to work for that rate, she needs five percent of the producers' points. And it's yeah. like, but then the producers' points. They need and the children. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> like, I don't On top of that, you know, like the money.
2: I just want the end credits <laughs> if I'm not
1: the lead. <laughs> exactly, right? Exactly. It's like it's a very weird, interesting sort of uh, opinion that everybody has of producers that oh, we're totally. we're rich and we're the ones making all the money and we're <laughs> the scumbags because we're taking over all the crew and cast for a ride and not paying them. And it's like you realize I'm not getting paid, right? <laughs> oh, dude, <laughs> you realize totally. I'm, not, I'm not getting paid anything
0: yeah. my, my bubble was <laughs> burst so much when I spoke to a, a, an executive producer in Australia who had made a very successful one of the most successful films of the last 20 years in this country and and I was like so this took you this took you like 11 years to get up and and they and they went yeah yeah no I did and I said so so how did you get all those 11 <laughs> years like I, I couldn't my, my poor little naive brain was just like but how
2: do you do what? the thing they're you like I stop. drove taxis in my
0: spare no, time no no they were <laughs> like I went and I lectured at universities yeah. and I ran courses and yeah. I worked on other projects that made me a tiny bit of money to be able to live on and that that yeah. burst my bubble I went holy mm. shit you can make a film like that but mm. you're not going to get paid a dime for, for 11 well, years that's why
2: people want these days, that's why people want to get into TV because there's so much money in TV yeah. and the quality is finally in the same place finally, as, yeah. as film. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's it's a huge difference. I remember I had to drop my manager years ago um, and I love this guy. He was so sweet. Um, and it, I was on the phone to him and I booked this job and it was as, as the second lead in a film playing a detective, which is such perfect casting to me. It was the first time I'd ever been cast as a detective. And I was like, you know, I wanted to film. And he's like, well, they're only paying two and a half grand a week, which is SAG scale. Right. Mm. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, and I've just had a meeting, you know, meet and greet with the director and the producer. And they're saying, well, you know, the producer's like, well, I've put my own money in, he put like 50 grand of his own money in, blah, blah, blah. And my manager's saying, well, no, I want you to have at least a, you know, a full, they call them banger as a trailer. I want you to have at least a full, full banger. And I'm like, I don't need a full banger, dude. I need a third banger. Like mm. a third banger is a third of a trip. It's like, it's ample room for a couch, a fridge, a sink, and a- you get your own toilet. Perfect. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to go in a quarter banger where I'm in like, you know, where you don't have any space. They put people <laughs> in there where you have like one line and it's a one day, but I'm like, I don't, I don't give a shit about my helping my trust. And then he's mm. like, and I want them to give you at least three times scale. And I'm like, I want that extra money to end up on the screen
0: because yeah. I'd like
2: to a really great movie. Yeah. And so, you know, it's a five week shoot, three, three times scale for them is another 25 grand. It's a yeah, lot. huge. Instead of paying me whatever, you know, 12 and a half. And I'm mm. like, dude, like, why? 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 And f- first of all, like, that's not of interest to me at the time, especially. Second of all, I need a detective role. Third of all, like, that, that's going to be amazing for my reel. Third of all, I think it's a great project and I love these people and I really want mm-hmm. to do it and I really want to go on location and shoot this film. And fourth of all, they don't have the money. <laughs> only got, I think they had like a million bucks or something to shoot this wow. film. And I'm like, where where are they gonna find an extra 25 grand in their budget? I'm like, that's not fair. Yeah. And you know, I, I and he was like, well, you know, I would rather you stay in LA and, and do a coast, you know, audition and do a co-star role than and co-stars like, you know, under 10 lines yeah. or I'm like, I wouldn't. Yeah. Like, (laughs) like, why would you? He's like, well, you know, people recognize the show; it's going to look better on your resume. Like, this is going to be more fun.
1: Yeah. Like, there's definitely that balance. Yeah.
2: Totally. And I even did a short film, like a, 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 you know, just after I booked that series. So I didn't need any money because I'm just signed this massive contract. And the film, you know, the initial offer was something like, I feel like it was. Oh, I can't remember, like whatever, whatever it was. Mm. It was like you know, two hundred bucks a day or something, and my guy negotiated up to like five hundred dollars a day or something. And it's a short film. It's so this a big poor difference director, too. Mm. Yes, this poor director is self-financing his film, doing it on credit cards, and my guy is doing this. Thing. And I'm saying on the other end, I'm the actor on the other end going. Don't, I don't need you to negotiate. Mm. We don't need any more money on this. Like, what, like, you're gonna get 10% of this. It doesn't make any difference. It's yeah. Like, a respect thing and, and the value thing. And I'm just like, fucking hell. And so, like, I'm meeting with the director before the shoot and I'm like paying for dinner, like trying to make up for it. And I'm like, I'm, I know that I'm paying for dinner with his money because he's had to pay for it. <laughs> oh, I'm, like, oh I'm feeling so guilty. And I was like, what do I do? And so, I've decided now yeah. in the future, if someone, if, if, if they are forced to negotiate, more a lot more money for me and you know and i'm not worried about the money i'll probably put a little into pna on the back end which yeah. is what we did for andrews film pretty nice. i think we spent about 10 grand on pna and we didn't we didn't go in as pna partners on the project we just spent it independent of the production just to support them but you know it's just one of those things where your agent and manager get so gung-ho about the negotiations and it's like dude just put the money on the screen the
1: producers well, I, need that fucking cast. I know. <laughs> I mean, literally, you know, you it's it's a frustrating thing sometimes, but it's it's always good to be able to see the other side of it. I think when we're uh-huh. often in one role, mm. you know, and it's a little bit less common these days because you know people are taking on multiple roles in, in film mm. and filmmaking. But you know, I think there's this pre sort of um, pre sort of way of thinking where the the actor will think well the producer's taking all the money so they can afford to pay me more and it's it's mm. like i literally most of the time in fact there's only ever one project so far in the last 10 years of producing that i've been paid to to do oh wow dude that's you know, insane and that's insane right and i'm sort of yeah. like i love it i'm glad i love it because i i think they need to you know lock me away in an insane asylum but <laughs> i love it and i will keep doing things you know and, and knowing that but there's that element and that balance of like When you put an offer out i'm not putting an offer out that's any more than what i can afford absolutely on a film so when agents Mm. come back and try to negotiate higher um you know it's it's difficult and and as a result and i've done it where i've agreed to negotiate higher and it's often put me in a so so different world of pain afterwards financially um, struggling to find that money that i knew i didn't have or that i I knew that I could get or I thought I had, but then it hasn't worked out for whatever reason and it's gone. Um, and then you look bad, you know, because
0: you can't mm. pay what you're yeah. owing somebody straight up yeah. and straight away. I've so- seen you working a like a budget like that. I, I like being a creative producer. I look at Lucinda working budgets and I go, oh, that's that's not me. No, no, no. Not no. No, no, no. <laughs> that's, that's, I do not like that. I do not like this It's you. It's fascinating. Lo- but, it I is, mean, but it is. But it is because yeah. I've seen you go, okay, so, oh, all right, so we're only going to have this much where can we shave some days off of filming and i look at you going line by line doing that and i just think that's a nightmare yeah i would never want to be in that position where i've been told you've got this but then had to negotiate something else and then you're having to shave days off of a massive production oh it's terrible no because then
2: as an actor you're in a project that's slightly less good you have slightly less takes the, you know, uh, there's one extra scene put into every day of shooting that Makes it wasn't meant to be mm. there. And, you know, for me it's about knowing and, look, I'm in a position where I don't have to worry about the money, so, you know, a lot of actors can't do that. No. But but it's about knowing when to negotiate. For instance, when I got that, AB, that big pilot, the ABC job, you know, they offered, you know, well, they offered 25 and mm. we went back at 50. And it's mm. like per episode. And it's like it's a- And my agent called and I'm like, dude, I'm gonna, are you gonna I'm gonna lose a job. Just take 25, I don't care. And my agent's like, Kim, it's ABC. Yeah. They can they have money. That's and right. you know, it's knowing when it's a big American giant conglomerate, yeah, you can push a little harder. And we ended mm. up getting a 50% bump on the paycheck. <laughs> and that's yeah. you know, I was petrified to do that, but they <laughs> they know what they're doing. That's right. And I actually had a friend that was working at a company. At a, at a network, and I, I won't say where it is, just because I don't know. Probably shouldn't, because <laughs> we're confidential. But um, he was in the legal department, and um, and he said that every single every single offer that goes out to an actor has a minimum ten percent buffer in it for negotiation. Minimum ten percent, usually fifteen to twenty percent. So you know, us getting the extra fifty percent was a big deal. But the that that little room for negotiation is something that that your agent should know about as an actor and should be pushing for when mm. you're dealing with a bigger network and stuff like that. Um, but when you're dealing with an independent film that has, you know, anything under a 2 million dollar budget, there's only so hard you really want to push because every dollar every extra dollar you're getting isn't ending up on the screen. Yeah. So, you know, to be to be paid what you're worth as an actor and to to get a living wage, absolutely. But to negotiate just for the sake of negotiating and to be coming out with these, like, ridiculous requests, especially when you don't need it, hmm. like, in, in my mind, that's rough. Like, for me, I even, I go back and do a pro bono job most years on a short film that, that you know, at AFI or, or something like that, where I can just go there and not be paid and... That just makes me feel like I'm giving back on some level to mm. like the next generation of filmmakers.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think uh, one of the key differences in that respect is um I know that SAG AFTRA actually have a low budget agreement. Um Absolutely. Uh, MEAA don't, not really. So it's one I of feel the- like
2: every paycheck from MEAA is a low budget agreement. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: have you read the contracts,
1: yeah, <laughs> it's like
2: I'm like, oh, cool. So it's like a 1000 bucks a day, just like L.A. I'm thinking this is great. And then I read the fine print and I'm like, wait, that covers this first airing and these five airings and streaming. Yeah. And I'm like,
1: well,
2: where do the residuals come in? I'm like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah. And this covers overtime or some other thing. And I'm like, oh, so the actual paycheck is 350 bucks a day. And then all this other stuff is what I usually would get in royalties um, mm-hmm. on top of the thousand dollars a day. Instead, I'm getting it on top of three hundred and three hundred fifty. Yeah, it's covering all these other things. And so, I mean, the low budget agreement in the states is, I think, um, the ultra low budget agreement at the moment that pays like one hundred and fifty bucks a day. Yeah. Maybe I, maybe I,
1: like, well, it was at one twenty five the last time I did, but it was a few years oh, back, yes, so it could be up okay, at one fifty now. Yeah, it's now. been
2: moving gradually. Yeah, up, but. Um, I, I mean I don't know. I haven't worked on that budget agreement in a while. Um, it's manageable but, for,
1: for low budget, you know, sort of indies, you know? Yeah. Totally. And it um, protects the actors. It keeps the actors safe there at this because covered. you're on a union agreement. Yeah, Absolutely.
2: Right. No, I think it's I think it's amazing. Mm. Um but, you know, that translates in Australian dollars to about 200 and something a day, which isn't far off with the MEAA. <laughs>
1: standard agreement
2: for actors at every level
1: is. <laughs> so, That's very true. You make a very valid point there.
2: And the, and the low budget agreement through SAG, the modified low budget, which is the next one up from the ultra low, is something in the vicinity of $300 a day. So it, the low budget SAG agreements are definitely on par with. With MEAA, um, and then the low budget agreements around six hundred a day, and then the standard is like a thousand bucks a day. But that's twenty five hundred a week when you're doing a five day week. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, so I want to know if you could change one thing about the industry, either here or in LA, for the better. What would you change? What would you like to see different? Ah, good question. I thought you were going to say if you
2: could change one thing you'd done in the past, and I would. My answer would have been following up with everyone all the time and <laughs> sending in touch an with email people. to thirty um, casting directors every month. <laughs> exactly, uh, having a mailing list, um, which now would have thousands of people. on it. Um, But by the way, social media does essentially the same thing as that, where yeah. you're staying top of mind because they're seeing your posts. Um, if I could change one thing about the industry, I would say um, to have you know, to have more, um, I suppose in LA, it would be to have a bit more government support of the, mm. of the arts and of storytelling. Um, in Australia, it would be to have more time spent in development. And I know Screen Australia does a lot of development funding and everything like that. But um, I feel that, um, unfortunately, some of the stuff that seems to get through some of the funding bodies in Australia hasn't, and, and actually in the States that gets financed somehow, it it's like the people who chose to fund it didn't actually know how to read a, like a good, how to find a good script. <laughs> yeah. And so I've been really um, disappointed because I've seen some really great ideas in both Australia and the States where the idea is incredible but the execution has been let down by a fundamental script issue where I just sort of think, Oh, how did this dialogue get through? How, you know, how are the actors even managing with that dialogue? You know, and half the time they're not. And and, you know, I guess my 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 single answer to that would be to improve the people with the people with the money to improve their eye for quality, both in casting, because I'm so sick of seeing average actors. It's very hard for someone who's not an actor. Or as someone who's not a strong actor uh, to see the difference between a good actor and a and a great actor, mm. or even a good actor and a really good actor. Mm. And so I see a lot of good actors working where they're just kind of they're fine, and many people may not sort of be able to tell that it's the acting that's letting it down. But there's nothing going on; they're not connected to the material. So
1: yeah. people like Harrison Ford, Brad Pitt, um, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I
2: love <laughs> I see Harrison Ford. I love Harrison Ford because he has that Jerry Seinfeld thing. And, and look, mm. Jerry Seinfeld is a, is a completely dis, disconnected actor because he's just having so much fun when he's doing yeah. it. Harrison Ford has that Jerry Seinfeld thing where he's just he's got so much joy pouring out of him. I, yeah. I don't give a shit. Yeah, it's, it's great, I, isn't I it? Like, I love it. I love him. He's so watchable. And that's but that's the thing. Like, there's there's watchable actors. There's actors that are interesting, whether or not they're incredible artists. There's actors that are funny, but maybe their actual acting isn't as connected. But they're so funny, it doesn't matter. Mm. You know, the, it's the it's it's seeing talent in whatever form it comes. I don't think you have to be this super connected actor to be an amazing actor. But whatever it is w- 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 that makes you watchable and innately watchable and incredible in the medium that you're in, like I would never judge a comedic actor side by side with an Academy Award winner. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. two completely different mediums. One's for entertainment. One, but but. The the point is I just I, I it makes me very disappointed when I see such talented people and, and I and just incredible actors where I'm floored by their performances not working mm. and people who are average working and it, it just it makes me um wish there was a way to improve, you know. The people with the power's ability to see talent and and that's also in screens screen writing as well and that's what I love at least at least with as a writer there's screenwriting competitions if you're Mm. if you're someone who's got money and you're putting it into a film and you are financing a script that is hasn't even you know if you've got money to put in a film pick films that have won screenwriting competition like how hard is it to to find scripts that have run screenwriting competitions, or at least on some
1: level been vetted, and um, you've just given me a great idea for acting competitions. <clears throat> yes,
2: yes, there should be <laughs> like
1: like writing Definitely competitions. They have to record a, a monologue or or a, or a moment in the scene like an audition and then it gets judged and you know what
2: made me sad the other day there was a self-tape competition um that I actually shared with the group um and it's run by a lovely guy right with an amazing organization but I didn't realize I didn't read the fine print and I didn't realize it was a self-tape competition you know submit your self-tape and you can win a meeting with a casting director or whatever and they were giving away all these meetings with casting directors and I and then my husband said oh you know that they're not actually watching the tapes they're just doing it they're picking it at random and I'm like what? So they have this amazing opportunity to f- sort of unearth talent and give them mm. an incredible opportunity, but they want to make it fair for everyone. Like it's fair that the shitty actor didn't go to class. Like, yeah. Hang on, hang on. But how, does he, how did he know that that was the case? That's wild. It that says is. it on the website, like, on the competition <gasps> website. And I was like, oh, that sucks. So these poor car- <laughs> first of all, the poor casting director is going to have to meet with crap actors. Mm-hmm. Second of all, the talented actors are going to be sitting there, if they didn't read the fine print, going, oh, that's a shame. So they're going to get a little, you know, yucky feeling, which irrelevant, it's competition, harden, harden up, friend. Yeah. But those talented actors should be getting that opportunity. Mm, like you've yeah. got a chance to discover someone. And you guys aren't, because it was sort of one of those things where it's lead generation for their list and everything, and I respect and I love that. And, and honestly, it's a great company. So run by a lovely person. So... You know, I'm all for the lead generation, but, dude, just watch, get, hire someone, hire an assistant to watch the tapes who's an mm. actor, who can tell. Yeah. And at least get, like, do selections. Don't just randomly select. And so it's just, it's disappointing when I see that. I, I get, and and also scams, uh, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't, just getting rid of all the scams because I just feel like so many artists are so vulnerable and, and they get their hearts broken and I just think it's a tragedy because what if the next barrel Streep didn't fucking keep acting because she got conned in her first year in Hollywood. And that's just what I keep thinking of. Or told that
1: she wasn't good enough or told that she wasn't pretty enough, you know, like. Totally.
0: Yeah.
2: Totally. And, I, you know, and sure, there's so many actors that push through and say, well, I was told that I wasn't pretty enough or I wasn't good enough. And I pushed through it. I was amazing. And. You know, I, I, oh God, I have damn it, I have a story, but I really want to tell it. But- <laughs> no, 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 tell it, tell it, tell it, but, tell well, it. Okay, so I'm sitting with Mark Harmon on NCIS and he's oh. being so complimentary to me. And he's yeah. like, you know, he's like, I haven't, you know, like you're, you're such a talented actress. He's like, you actually remind me of this actress that I, used, you know, that I know. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And so, and, and he's telling me this story and he's like, you know, she, I saw her in a play in New York and I told her if she ever, I was already kind of well known at the time and I told her if she ever comes out to, l a to um, you know to to hit me up. And so she did, and I just happened to be involved in the casting of one of my films. And so you know this this actress, you know, she comes in and she's um, you know the car- and we'd seen everyone in town. And so finally you know I say to the casting director, look, I've got this actress. she's come from New York. she's amazing. You know will you at least see her and this casting director's like oh yeah I've, I've heard of her whatever she's average or whatever and, and she's like but well, fine we'll see her whatever <laughs> and so anyway this girl comes in and she does the audition and, and she's like nervous as hell and Mark's like you know you're gonna be fine they're reading opposite each other and she he said she just did the absolute most incredible audition you could have possibly imagined like absolute room like pin drop silence everyone was in awe And then out of, you know, after the silence, you know, 10 seconds later, this casting director just says, see, what did I tell you? She's got nothing. (gasps) And everyone in the room, all of a sudden, all the filmmakers and directors are thinking, oh, the director and the producers and that are thinking, oh, maybe I was wrong. Maybe there was something Mm. I didn't say. And this is before cameras, right? And so she kind of killed the room, right? And he's like. You know, I had to call this chick the, the next day and, and let her know, like, that she was incredible mm. and that the casting director a fucking idiot. And um, and that if it wasn't this job, it'd be the next one. Mm. And because I, I, I he, he was talking to me about, you know, he's like, I think I was, t- I told him about an audition I'd done. He's yeah. like, you know, if it's not this job, he's like, for you, if it's not this job, it'll be the next one. Honestly, mm. He's like what you do is and not a lot of actresses can do. You're incredible. I was like, it was such a like sliding doors moment for me because mm. I was feeling a little disenchanted at the time. Mm. And so anyway, um, he calls this actress the next day and he's like, look, I promise you it, 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 it may not be this job. I don't know where how it's going to go, but she kind of killed the room, so if it's not this job, it's the next one. It'll be the next one. And um, and um, it, it was Annette Benning. <laughs> <gasps> what? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like,
1: bruh, oh. like
2: oh and, wow you know and how lovely you. and so you know it takes and this is what it is with artists you know we've got to support each other and it takes mm. an actor with the heart of gold that he has yeah. to see yeah talented beautiful theater actress who i think had been gaining some traction in new york at the time or whatever it was but to sort of come in and champion you to get in the room and to have you know this one person who just kind of already made their mind up before she sat
0: down yeah. you know yeah. I,
2: I said she you know i didn't want to come in or whatever it's just so silly and it's just you know it's one of those things where you just some actresses will keep at it but then there yeah. are some out there there are some Annette Bennings in that situation who who quit yeah and and that's where my heart just breaks and that's what I want to try to kind of at least help on some level not that I'm going to change the, the world or the industry but if I can it's that starfish thing where you know that little kids walking along the beach and he's throwing starfish back in the water and the, the dad's like you know, well, what are you going to do? You can't save all of them. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. And the kid's like, Oh, it means something to that one. It means something to that one. It means something to that one.
0: I think, I think you're, you're completely right because I've really struggled with my appearance my entire life. You know, when I was growing up, there wasn't anyone who looked like me on TV. My mum used to buy magazines. Cozy, huh? Yeah, my mum used to buy magazines where every week it was either, oh my God, she's so skinny, she looks disgusting and sick, oh, or, yeah. oh my god, she's so fat and hideous, I can't believe she ate a sandwich. How <laughs> how atrocious, right? Yeah. And I ended up developing an eating disorder when I was sixteen years old and I got very, Ugh. very, very ill. And remember look used to looking at those magazines and going I'm never going to be one of them who gets sick like that that's just ridiculous and then I did and then I did but then my mum knew that because I grew up in in country Victoria my mum knew that I was so passionate about being a performer that she took some photos of me and it was kind of the start of me getting sick so I was I was thin but I wasn't I wasn't at the really, old oh, Jesus Christ, like it, something's obviously very wrong with you. Yeah, Level of yeah. Men. And she took those photos and she sent them in to an agent in, in Melbourne. And they replied and they went, yep, yeah, we'd love to talk to you about it. We'd love to have you come in and bring her in and we'll talk. And my mum drove all the way from Country Vic into the city to see this agent. And they sat me in a room, they made me do a tape and then they s- sat me in the office afterwards with my mum. and they go, "Oh, she's so good. She's really, really good at what she does, but we're just not after anyone who looks like her at the moment. And my mum has uh, gone, but then why did you come ask us to come all the way in? Like that doesn't yeah. make any sense. You saw the photos of her and the, and the, and the agent's saying, yeah, well, you know, like she's just not the look that's going around at the moment. And my mum's like, well, then what is going around at the moment? What is it that you're actually looking for? And he said, oh, we're we're after girls that are thinner than her with blonde hair. Oh, and God. I remember hearing that and I remember mm. that crushing my dreams so course. bad that even throughout my 20s when I when I when I wasn't sick you know with the eating disorder Ugh. I used to keep saying to myself oh this is probably never going to happen for you because you don't look like that This is probably never going to yeah. happen for you because so it looks like that. but the thing one of the things that I always come back to when I begin to doubt myself is I remember you saying in one of your coaching sessions group coaching sessions you're saying to all of us if anyone ever tells you that you can't make it because you're too old or too fat or you're not Mm. pretty enough or you need to fix your teeth or you have the wrong color hair or like whatever, you know, like, like don't, don't think that you can't make it because of any of those things. You know, there's absolutely absolutely space for people like you in the industry. And I've always thought about that. Yeah. I've always thought about that since you said it. And one of the things that I think really, that it's kept me going over the last few years, even though I haven't been acting as much, I've been kind of doing all of the other stuff and I'm, I'm eager to get back into the pool of acting. But I, I keep thinking to myself, well, I never had anyone who looked like me growing up on screen. So mm. it's up to me to be that person for someone else because Absolutely. I don't want them growing up feeling the way that I felt and feeling left out and feeling like they weren't worthy enough to be seen or represented. Oh
1: totally. Absolutely. I sort of had something like that recently where I was talking to somebody about a film that I wanted to want to produce and the character that I want to the actor that I want to play the lead playing the lead role and and um, you know, they were like, Oh, wouldn't don't you want somebody sort of young and, you know, you know, da, da, da. I'm like, actually, no, I really don't, because I see young people on the TV all the time, and they don't look like me, and they don't yeah. have my problems. I want to see somebody who's sort of similar to my age going through this and how they would handle it differently to a young yeah. person. And um, they kind of thought about it overnight, and they came back to me and we said, "You're actually like really right." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I know," That's because when I, because I had a similar experience to you, uh, Jess, when I was acting and 17, even though I had these agents interested there were other people telling me, well, you don't, you know, you look in the magazines and you, you see what actors and popular actors uh, and famous actors look like. And I look nothing like them. Mm. And, you know, you were told by either your classmates or, you know, idiots at school and you believed them unfortunately back then, because, you know, again, I didn't Those have kids believe people. That's right. You believe what yeah. people say. And I didn't have that person going, no, you can do it. It's fine. You know, whether or not it's now or later. And then, you know, because um, back then I wasn't necessarily overweight, but I was, m- like you, I wasn't overweight, I was sort of a healthy a weight. woman. <laughs> I was normal a woman. Person. You <laughs> exactly. had a normal body. I had a normal body and yeah, I was yeah. told that that was not what would be, want to be seen on yeah. screen. I was told that yeah. I was, wasn't pretty enough, I wasn't blonde enough, I wasn't brunette enough, I was just, I didn't fit into a category. So mm. they loved my acting, but they didn't know where to put me. And it was mm. like, well, okay. You're like, so you put me on
2: TV, idiots. Yeah, like, yeah.
1: So <laughs> in the end I was like, well, obviously I'm not going to make it in front of the camera. I'll try behind it. And that's why, you <clears it's throat> know, <a throat> completely different career path. And I often do wonder if I just not believed people or not. But you do. As, as a kid, as a teenager, yeah. you kind of take things at face value. You don't, mm. you don't really... Think about it too much you just you know if somebody says yeah you're fat you believe them because yeah you're absolutely but that's because we're kids and you know we're malleable unfortunately
2: yeah totally so yeah it's it's so important to you know and I, I the one of the main things i tell so many actors is just to look on tv and you see you know yeah there's gonna be like one smoke show hottie probably in most shows there's gonna be like one white guy maybe in most shows but these days Every other character is generally going to be ethnically diverse, physically diverse, diverse sexually. Like it's 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 a melting pot, and it's also representative of society. And you know, it's funny these um, chicks that do a ton of plastic surgery, and you know, nothing against that at all. If you know, it's their skin suit, whatever they want to do to it is great. But if you look at each thing on TV, you know, you can't. The, there's no women with that you know the big the big lips and the perfect there's the Kardashian look it's one specific character that mm. doesn't come up that often in film and TV and it's so that look is so limiting you know mm. even the mm. Megan foxes or whatever when they're so smoke show hot it's like distracting for this from the storyline they're either the lead or they're nothing they can't play supporting roles. Andrew actually kind of has that problem a little bit because Mm -hmm. he can't play supporting roles because you can't put him next to the lead guy without distracting from the lead guy. And so, you know, the women when they do that to themselves um, as an actor, you know, in real life, if you do it, great. All for it. If that's what you want to do, absolutely go for it. Because whatever makes you happy. Same if you want to cover your face in tattoos. But what it's going to do as an actor is limit your brand and limit your castability. Whereas if you look, you know, like a normal, you know, everyday kind of Joe Blow person, you can fit in just about any role. Mm. It's so much more adaptable. You could be a lawyer. You could be a builder. You could be a miner. You could be an astronaut. You could be any of these characters. Either Any of the three of you could be cast as, um, you know, whereas if you are that smoke show hottie, you've got one type of role you can play mm, yeah. and that's it. And, you know, no one's going to believe the smoke show, you know, as an astronaut or working in the mines unless she's the lead of the whole film and then it's just, a, you know, uncomfortably, you know, <laughs> <with> <laughs> weird casting in a project.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> weirdly enough, I don't know that many people in personal life that look just, just like that. No, no. You no,
2: know. No. Uh, yeah, Not at all. Not at all. And that's what rare. casting's are asking constantly is, you know, they, they, they will specifically say on breakdowns these days, no, um, you know, no visible plastic surgery. No hotties. Yeah. No, no, so <laughs> sure. well, it's still like it's, it's the obvious, you mm-hmm. know, it's the obvious work that yeah. they've had, like, you know, um, it's just really limiting for an actor, um, mm-hmm. and whereas, you know, everyday faces that's what people are going to connect with, yeah, and that's totally. ultimately what it is. It's what you said, Jess, where that, that girl sitting at home who who is of either for whatever reason, whether it's mentally or physically, she's, you know, similar to you or a boy at home who is mentally mm. or physically similar to you in, in whatever way, they connect with you and they feel like, oh, that's me. Mm. Oh, well, if they can, if and, and not even if they as in you can yeah. do it as, as an actor, but if your character, if they're watching a story about a waitress who's, you know, trying to escape a domestic violence situation and she does Mm -hmm. and you remind them of themselves maybe you're going to be the thing that gives them the guts to leave or whatever it is you know oh that's me if they can maybe I can do it and that's that's all we want is to just give people a a vision of themselves on screen and Mm -hmm. that takes a you know diverse
0: community to make sure
2: that everyone's represented.
0: Yeah. What are you currently working on So, and, and mm. what can we see from you next? Is there anything that you'd like to plug at the end of this episode?
2: I think The Secrets She I'm going to like the premiere screening of The Secrets She Keeps on the 26th of this month. So that'll be out soon, Secrets She Keeps. Um, and then this film I'm in, A Royal in Paradise, will be coming out I think. I don't know if they have it. Someone mentioned that they have a thing with Netflix, but I don't know if that's true or not. It's a Steve Jaggy film, so I, I don't know where it's going to end mm-hmm. up, but it'll end up somewhere. Um, uh, and it's a really cute project. It's, a, it's I'm, like, obsessed with rom-coms. If anyone ever produces a rom-com, <laughs> you have to put me in it because no one ever puts me in rom-coms and all I want to do in life is do rom-coms. And, I mean, no, not, yeah, they're the I'm best. Not, I'm not like the cute. Like, oh my gosh! I'm like, oh, I fell onto you. It's Christmas, like. <laughs> but, but that's so bad. So, yeah, that's
1: <laughs> please, hilarious.
2: If you ever hear of anyone producing a rom com? Tell them I will do it. I'm like obsessed. So anyway, this is like the cutest movie ever, um, "A Royal in Paradise," and then, um, yeah. Well, go have some dinner.
0: Go, Indeed. go, 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 go before because we'll just keep talking otherwise. Yes, thanks, that's gang. Awesome. I love you guys. Love you. I'll come Thank off. you. Bye. Bye. Nice to meet you. (laughs) Well, folks, that's a wrap. Yes, that's it. A wrap on the delightful Kim Jackson and part three of our conversation with her. My God. I learned so much and I hope you did too. She's one of the most generous, giving and thoughtful people in the industry. And I know that she has so much more to share, which is why we're hoping to get her back on the show. Uh, Thank you so much to Lucinda for joining me for this chat. I'm recording this little outro without her because I have a demanding dog who is licking my hand right now. You might be able to hear it. You might not. He's got a very loud tongue, but I wanted to say a very special thank you. If you're listening to the show, you have no idea how much we appreciate you. This is a total labor of love. uh, And we've got such big plans for the show and so many more wonderful guests coming up. So please make sure you stay tuned. Make sure you keep sharing our episodes with your mates, with people that you work with in the industry, because it's going to be so much fun to keep sharing these amazing stories and career journeys and words of wisdom with all of you. So thanks again. The Cutaway Podcast is produced by Lucinda Bruce and Jessica Hutchinson. You are listening to our voices because of the delightful and wonderful sound engineer that is Corey Welsh. We will see you next time on The Cutaway Podcast.